Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Popcorn and Coffee, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Jesse, and I have with me here today in the studio for once and the one and only time forever, Jason. Oh, that's sweet. Hey, everyone, how are we doing? I don't know why I said that. Which part? Oh, that's sweet. I'm trying to make it. Southern woman. Trying to make it sound like a. It was a special guest. I mean, like, oh. We are recording on Valentine's Day. Today's not Valentine's Day. Valentine's weekend. Monday's Valentine's Come on, man. Which day straight? And, you know, we are, I mean, we're recording on Valentine's weekend. So we thought it'd be a good idea to do a romance. You know what? I didn't even think about that in the slightest. So you're not getting a romance. But, kind of, there's some romance in it. It's about a man who loves himself. Yeah. That's romantic. How more romantic can you get than that? <laughs> Anyways, uh, coffee talk. Yeah. Where are you at with, uh, with coffee and talking? Okay, so um, today we... Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened before. We had a moment. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, today we are using a Ethiopian Yurgachev blend. Um, I'm pretty sure we've done this one before, but, you know, it's nice to have a reminder. and uh, we got to use the coffee that we have, too, so I mean... yeah. I just bought some of this. Oh, you did? No, I brought this. Oh, so oh, oh it's oh. not from your stock. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I got it from the Rabbit. Uh, they kind of know me pretty well down there. I frequent. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm a platinum member. Okay. Just kidding. You don't have that. Uh, so I messaged the other day. I saw they were roasting yesterday, and I was like, uh, you know what? I need some coffee. And they haven't had the Ethiopian in a while. And that's my favorite. So I I messaged them and I said, hey. Can you guys roast some? Or are you roasting any Ethiopian beans? They said no. We weren't planning on it today. I was like, all right. I go. Well, what are you roasting? I just go down and get whatever they had. They message me back and say, hey, we're gonna roast some Ethiopian beans special for you today. Oh gosh. Yeah. So I get off work, drive straight down, go in. They're literally putting them the beans in the bags as I walk in this the shop. If that's not customer service, I, I don't know what is. I'm telling you, if you're ever in Knox, go to the Rabbit. Great people, great coffee. Just, just do it. Yeah. Pass uh, anyways, anyways, getting to the coffee now. The coffee right. about the coffee. She told me with the beans. She goes, "Hey, when you get home, leave these bags open for like overnight." Okay. Because they had just gotten roasted freshly off, and she said if you close them up, they could explode. No. Yeah. So the reason is is the carbon monoxide that's coming out of them still from being roasted. Yeah. They have to be open so they can breathe for like nine hours or something like that. Okay. So if you close the bag, it would explode. And that's why when you go to the store, all the bags of coffee, they have those little like spouts on the front of them. To allow the air to escape. Yeah. So that way they can just close them up and send them off right away. Huh. Like that's interesting. You know what's even more interesting? How many failed attempts were there before they realized, oh, crap, there's a problem? I would like to know that. That'd be some cool. Just exploding bags of coffee beans. That'd be crazy. Um, So anyways, we got an Ethiopian Yurgachev. The Yurgachev is a district located in the Jado zone 
of South Nation of South Nations nationalities of people um, in Ethiopia. So this is like an area, like a specific area in Ethiopia that this co- these coffee beans come from. Okay. Uh, this town has an elevation between 1,880 feet or and 1,919 meters above sea level. Uh, these beans are typically uh, harvested between October and December. The aroma is floral and sweet, and they have a flavor that is fruity, floral, lemon, and last week, remember I told you that coffee kind of had a tea Tastes flavor. Tastes like flowers. Tastes like flowers and tea. Okay. This has a tea flavor. I can see that. So. So we're, this is tea talk now. We're, we're becoming sophisticated. That what you call it? Yeah, yeah I can tell. It's this is a good cup. This yeah, is a good is. cup. I'm just still stuck on the fact that we have our like own internal connection to coffee. You mean like an actual coffee shop? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With people who know, I'm not saying nobody else does, but with people who know what they're doing, it's not just a grocery store, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. That's cool. So. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna rapid fire some thoughts off you real quick, and just give you know a brief a brief thought on some of it. Sonic the Hedgehog two. Okay. What are you, What are your thoughts there? Oh, I'm excited. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Now, the first one was it was fun. Like was I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good uh, movie. Surprised me. Yeah. Um, and you know the sequel we're gonna get Tails and Knuckles is coming into it and. Jim Carrey's coming back as Mr. Robotnik, and he's actually going to look like Mr. Robotnik. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah, it's good. I'm excited for that one, too. We got some DC stuff. I don't know if you saw any of that. There was like a, there was like a teaser for The Flash. There was more Batman stuff. Obviously, that's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Black Adam, a little bit of Aquaman. I don't know if you saw any of that stuff. I have not seen any of the DC no. stuff, no. Are you excited for any of that? Keeping in mind that Ezra Miller's Flash has, Flash has been subpar so far, the Batman's almost a three-hour runtime. Jason Momoa's Aquaman? Meh. And I have no idea what Black Adam even is. Yeah, so I'm probably... Excited's probably not the right word. I'm not like... I'm not like meh about it. I do want to go see the Batman movie. Oh, I'm, of I'm course. Intri- yeah. I'm, I'm really good. I'm intrigued, you know, because this will be the third Batman, third person we've had playing Batman in the last 20 years. Yeah. And they're bringing in the Riddler, which is, ex- that's exciting for me because he's one of my favorite villains, Batman villains. This ain't your grandpappy's. No. And this Riddler, is, and they're doing him like dark and, Twisted, he's not going to be Jim Carrey like, yeah. hey, what's black and white and red all over? Yeah. A newspaper. Uh-huh. He's not wearing question mark. Yeah. yeah. So that, I'm, ex- I'm excited about that. There's aspects of it I'm excited about. Um, as far as the whole DC universe, I really could care less, though. I don't. <laughs> I really don't care. And that's sad coming from a DC fan. It, 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 is, it's, it is sad. And it's sad when Marvel's in like their fifth, hundredth stage. Phase five. Phase five, whatever. Uh, and their movies are so far like ten times better than anything DC's putting out. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where 2022 is going to go for DC, what they're going to do. I think The Flash could potentially be a turnaround for them. But again, even if you make one good movie, that's only one good movie. Yeah. You know, you have to make, to make it an actual universe that we care about, you have to make five good movies. So. Or four <laughs> plus a mediocre one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, we, and then we've already seen that with that the, the first Wonder Woman movie. Really good movie. Probably the best DC movie that they've done. One of the best, yeah. Um, but then everything after that's just been garbage. Yeah. No doubt. And I didn't hate Aquaman. I probably won't watch it again. But I didn't hate it. Like, I enjoyed it. But what it. does that mean? Like, okay, I did it, not like it, but I will never see it again. Like, I didn't love it. Like, it's not like... It's not like with, like, the Avengers where I'm like, man, I could go and watch this movie again. Or, like, any of the Captain America movies, like uh, Civil War or The Winter Soldier. It's like, I can, those are rewatchable because they're oh, really good. I was entertained enough by Aquaman to where when I was sitting there watching it, the whole time I wasn't, like, just like, I hate this. Like, with Batman v Superman, five minutes into that movie, I'm like, I hate this movie. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to sit and finish it. I didn't feel that with Aquaman. That's funny. Um. So yeah, like there are movies I can watch, like I've watched, and I've been like, I enjoyed it. Listen, man, save Martha. At the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to. Yeah. I think Aquaman needs to save Martha. I think The Flash needs to save Martha. Shazam needs to come in and save her. The Flash couldn't even save his own mother. Why is he going to go and save Batman's mother? Nobody knows, but I just muted my mic. I had to mute my mic on that one. (laughs) Didn't even say anything. Couldn't even save his own mom. Wow. Okay, Uncharted. Again, intrigued by that one. I'm. I do want to go to the theater and see it. It looks like it's going to be a fun adventure film. It's got Mark Wahlberg. It's going to be interesting to see Tom Holland and something else other than Spider Man. Uh, I mean, he did have that one movie that came out last year. Uh, what was it called? Him and Daisy Ridley were in it. Oh yeah, that was the Chaos one. Walking. Yeah, which and then was he not did the great. Netflix one. Oh, the, the devil made me do it. Yes, is that okay. what it's called? Devil everywhere, all the time, or something like devil all the time. The devil all the it's time. Devil all the time. It is not devil all the time. It is. You want to look it up? Or yes. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Five hundred dollars says it isn't. I don't have $500. devil all the time. Boom! The devil all the time. Well, you owe me five hundred dollars. Wait, no, I. That's how that works. Anyways, okay, we were talking about Uncharted. Yeah, there's that one. Jurassic World Dominion. The trailer looks really, the trailer makes it look really, really good. I'm not going to lie. When I saw Sam Neill go to Laura Dern. In the, in, that's what they're doing, though. That's what they're doing. They're pulling, sinking pulling their hooking. The no, they're not pulling on heartstrings. They're sinking their hook in your mouth. That's what they're doing. Yeah, That's not a heartstring thing. It's a hook. I have zero excitement for this movie. I am excited to rewatch him, and we're gonna have to dig in and rewatch at least the uh, the other two, the other two Jurassic, Jurassic World movies. Okay. Um, to in in preparation for this one. Hey, you love this universe. You love the Jurassic World franchise. I don't want to. No rolling eyes. No. Yes, you do, no. and you're so excited no. about this one because the other two are in your top ten favorite best movies of all time list. I never said that. People. Yes, he is lying because. You love, love, love Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and their romance in these movies. 
That's your favorite part. When of did I ever you say said that. that? When you said that? When all the time you said that? I didn't. You said it today when you walked in. You the first making, thing you knew, out of you your mouth, I shook your hand out. and you said, "Hey, have you seen Jurassic World lately? The chemistry between them, between them oh two, is gosh. palpable." Are you a robot? Are you a robot woman? <laughs> no, I was immensely disappointed in the first one. The second one was so so nothing that it came and went like a like a dust you know, like in a, the wind. Like dust in the wind. Like yeah. It was so nothing no one talked about it. It just came out and then disappeared into the ether. How is this one going to be any different than those two? And they're going to do the nostalgia play because the nostalgia play works right now. And they're going to think that that's going to work. It's not going to work. I'm, I think it. I think, it's, work. I think it's going to be one of those films where, again, it's going to be an enjoyable for a one-time watch. I think we're going to enjoy it. And we're going to say, have a lot of negative things about it. Like the story and stuff. But I think we will enjoy it. I already have issues with it. Blue was the last Velociraptor. How is there another Velociraptor? Life finds a way. Life finds a way. No. Yes. Not in that scenario. Yes. What? How? Immaculate? No. <laughs> a Jesus Raptor? <laughs> is that what you're saying here? Uh, you asked me. I'm throwing ideas out there. No. The only thing I am excited about is I do care... What? But I know Colin Trevor is going to ruin it, and that's why I don't even want this movie to exist. I care what Ellie Sattler's character, what Laura Dern's character Ellie has been doing since Jurassic Park 3. I do care about that. I don't care what uh, Grant's been doing, because we already had a lot of Grant, and mm -hmm. that was overplayed and ruined. I don't care what Ian Malcolm's been doing, because he's doing the same thing he's always been doing. Writing books. Making but money. Ellie, I do care what she's been doing. She had kids. She's She's... Probably written some books of her own. But I know they're going to do something very stupid. And I guarantee you she's divorced and they're going to get back together in this movie. They're going to do a whole bunch of crap that I do not want to see. You're probably right on that. That will be stupid. Maybe your husband died, though. We could hope. I don't care. Because at this point, I don't want them back together. You already ruined that with the third movie. I wanted them to be together in the first movie. Why didn't they continue that on ever? Why are you worried about this love story? There's a bigger love story in this movie, and we all know Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. I told you. See, people, this is what I'm saying. He will advocate this relationship till till I was like, hey, have you seen The Wedding Planner? And you, you got J-Lo and you got Matthew McConaughey, and their relationship is great. And then he's like, yeah, but have you seen Jurassic World? Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard. The things that they discuss are so deep and emotionally impactful. And I'd be like, no. But it's your favorite. It's your, what, what do you call them? What do you call them? Tell the people what you call them. Price Dallas Howard. <laughs> say, <laughs> say Price. <laughs> so stupid. I hate these movies so much. I wish they didn't exist. And I know Colin Trevor. I know we are talking about this for far too long. <laughs> we were way off. He wanted to make this movie. He said that in interviews. The yeah. movie he wanted to make was Dinosaurs Loose in the continental U.S., you know, around everybody in, in your backyard, you know, Lost World style, which I'm completely okay with. But I think the story and the trail that we've had to walk to get here 
has completely just deflated everything that you're you're trying to do. And at this point, I don't care. And there's a little clone girl in there. We can't forget that. Yeah. Do you think they'll bring in? I was asked this question the other night. Do you think they're not in the cast list on IMDb? Uh, the two kids from the first one. I sure hope not. We've already had enough. There's enough people in this movie. We don't need more people in this. Movie. I want them to come back. Of course you do, because nostalgia is your number one thing. There's the okay. We no, have well, no, your number we, one thing is Bryce Dallas Howard, and then your number two thing is just nostalgia. You know what? Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt are the new Brad and Angelina Jolie. Aside from that, we have nothing else from these movies except nostalgia. So if they're going to be terrible, at least we can. Yeah, hang but they're on shoving it so far down your throat that it's annoying. They keep shoving. I, <laughs> they keep shoving, but it's. But it's bad. Anyway, we'll talk more about that when we get to it. But I think we'll have to do we'll have to do another deep dive into those two movies, even though I swore I never watch them again. Yeah, that's not true. I probably would watch them again. I don't want to watch them again. I will give Jurassic World the first one the credit of for a while. There was a period of time when it was out. That it was probably on quite a bit in this house. But it's a dinosaur movie that I could turn on in the background and ignore. Mm -hmm. Not that I wanted to watch it over Jurassic Park, but if I wanted to get something done, I couldn't turn Jurassic Park on because I would stop whatever I'm doing and watch it. Yeah. Anyways, we move on. I digress and we move on to our movie of the week. 2021's Nightmare Alley. Starring Bradley Cooper, Cate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins is in there, unrecognizably. Uh, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, the great Ron Perlman. And then David Strathairn, uh, River Wild Zone. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's like the only thing I know him from. I know he's been, he's been I've seen him in other yeah. stuff. Well, obviously. But like, that's like, yeah. for me, when I think of that guy, I think of River Wild. It's your. Crime, drama, thriller, two-and-a-half-hour runtime with an R rating. Directed by Guillermo del Toro. Written by him and uh, another writer named Kim Kim Morgan. Did you look up who the cinematographer was this time? I did not. Oh, no. I did. Okay. Dan Larson? Larson? Larson. Dan Larson? No. Larson? It's L.A. Larson. So L A U S T S E N. Lauston. 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 Like that. Yeah. That's not Dan Lauston. And he's got his hand in a lot of stuff. Does he? A lot of Guillermo stuff. He's he's done Shape of Water, all those, but he's also been part of the John Wick franchise as well. So Okay. I've never seen those movies, but John Wick? Yeah. I mean I've heard they're good. People like them. Cheers to them. Yeah. I like Keanu. I mean, who doesn't? But anyways, back to back to where we were. What else you got? Uh, I mean, just the plot here. We got an ambitious, an ambitious Carney with a talent for manipulating people with a few well chosen words. Hooks up with hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. Um, we don't say, just, go, go ahead. Go ahead. You say that describes the plot of the film pretty well. Or say it again. An ambitious Carney with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. Sure. I mean, sure. I picked this movie. 
Yes, you did. So now let's I, just cover a couple other things before we get uh, into that. Okay. Right. Uh, we don't know the budget. Didn't see a budget on no, that. Either. Total gross in theaters was about $30 million. So not that much. I'd be interested to know how much they spent. I feel like they spent a lot on this. Like, with the cast alone. It's got an all-star cast. That's true. And it does have anybody who's anybody. Minus Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. And Bryce Dallas Howard. And... <laughs> You know who else was in here? And I didn't look up his name. Crap, I forgot. So there's a scene when he's just walking through the carnival. Okay. And there's a guy, and uh, he's an African-American gentleman, and he's doing, like, incredibly manipulative stuff with his body, like twisting yeah, his I body that, around yeah. and just... Redi- and I'm like, that is so disturbing and disgusting. Troy James? Okay. And I said, he reminds me of the character from The Flash... Remember that character that wore the mask and his bot? He could like shove himself into a box, yeah, and then like creepy. Same guy. Is it really? Yeah, he can real. That's not that's not CGI. He's doing that with his body for real, and he did it on the Flash as well. Wow, that that's... creepy like spider walk stuff that he does. That's that's all him. That's crazy. That's it's cool. terrifying. It is terrifying, but it's impressive. Like, I mean, no doubt. He doesn't have bones. That man does not have bones. I don't know what he has. Some sort of exoskeleton, I would assume. Yeah. But as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I've seen that before. And it was the same guy. So I was pretty impressed that we we pulled that one out. Yeah. It does have a great cast, though. Uh... And Okay, back to where we were. You picked it. Yeah, I picked it. So I would like to ask you the question. What are your thoughts on it? Like, where did you? Where would you say you landed? Do we want to? You want to talk about this now? You want to do this now on the I, podcast? I want to do this. Yeah, now. I want to ask what your thoughts are. I want to know your thoughts before we get into the crux of the story. I thought it was okay. Okay. See, I really, really enjoyed this movie. What would you star rating? What would you give it out of five? I would give it a three. Three? Okay, I'd give it a four. You know what? <laughs> so you didn't really, really like this movie. Four really, out of five. Really, really is a six. Like four. I said four out of five. Okay, you oversold it earlier then. Huh? You oversold it a couple minutes ago when you, you added too many reallys. What? Out of five stars? But you said, I said it was okay. You said, I really, really like this movie. And then you said, yeah, it's a four. Are we doing this right now? Are we doing no. this right now? I Colin, mean, can we get a bell ding? Ding, ding. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Just... It's. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk a few things through. Okay. First of all, I'm, I'm sure we can find common ground on a number of things. One, cinematography. This movie is beautiful. Yeah. This movie is gorgeous. Uh, the aesthetic, the look, the. Getting the error right with also adding in elements of its own kind of, and they say you throw around the word like noir and all this, but it's very, uh, it's very fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very realistic, but there's elements of fantasy in there as well that yeah. I thought were really, really well done. Um, it was believable yet not believable at the same time, and I thought it it told the line of that really well. What, what any other thoughts there? Yeah, no, I it was like I love the. The color and stuff of the yeah. 
Yeah. The air, like, I, and obviously, in real life, in those times, color was the same. Everything looked the same. It was much dirtier. Yeah. But the the way they filmed it with like the really deep, uh, I, I feel there's like an amber like in the lens or something. I don't know. Okay. It just looked really dark and yeah. And costume design. I thought everything was great. I yeah. thought it was all really good. Um, another thing I think we could agree on. Acting. The acting was, I wouldn't say it was great. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was good. Everybody played their role. Everybody knew the type of movie they were in, and they made that movie. Yeah. You know? I had another comment that just left me, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I love I love Kate Blanchett's character in the film. Like, her... Well, it's established. Kate Blanchett is, is pretty much good in everything. Yeah. You know? Bradley Cooper's hit or miss. Um, depends on the movie. Mm-hmm. I would say he did this one. Really well, yeah. For for most of it, William Defoe was really good in it. Yeah. Uh, even Ron Perlman, even Ron Perlman yeah. was like he didn't play a huge role as a side character, you know, and he's just uh, walking around with that other guy for most of the movie and wanted to beat up Bradley Cooper the whole time. Yeah. But he did all right. Tony Collette, you know, she Tony Colletted it. Richard Jenkins. I didn't know that was Richard Jenkins. That's what I said. Is he's very unrecognizable. Yeah. I had I called it out. It felt like a stepbrothers reunion. Because oh yeah, uh, I can't mother, remember her name, and I didn't write it down. Mary Steenburgen. Yes, yes, she was in there too. Yeah, I was just like, what are we doing here, people? What are yeah. we doing? Is Will Ferrell gonna pop out? Yeah, he looks just the same. They're probably close in age, all those people. Yeah, but anyway. Um. I don't think many other standout performances. Rudy Mara was really good. Yeah. Um, she's a she's kind of she's a more subtle actress, you know. Yeah. She, not that she's not a scene stealer, but her performance is, is so just mellow and smooth and effortless that she fits in almost too well, you know. And then it's like, well, you, mm-hmm. it's not that she's not standing out, but she's intentionally not standing out, which works so well for her. And yeah. she's a she's really good at what she does. Yeah. And David Strathairn as uh. Was really good too. I mean, I, he was in the first. What, yeah, he was just a drunk. Played a good drunk. He did play a good drunk. I was convinced he was an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those two elements I thought were really good. I think where we are going to differ is story. Probably. Probably. Yeah. If I had to guess, what what are your thoughts on story? I, I really enjoyed. The way they took, they were able to take Bradley Cooper's character from the from the beginning, and he just flowed into this like just random Joe going to the carnival trying to see something, and then how they wrapped everything back around from the beginning. So every conversation he had with William Defoe's character and learning how to do the job of the carnival and how everything ran, and then they brought that all the way. They called back to that all the way around right at the very end. Did you buy that he was so much smarter than everyone else in the room? Who, Cooper? Yeah. I think there are scenes where it does it really well. Mm -hmm. And without getting into them right now, because I'm just kind of doing an an overview before we break it down. There's scenes that do it really well, and then there's scenes that do it really poorly. But I don't necessarily think that the setup was all there to 
justify it later at the beginning, you know, and in doing so, he, to me, he's more able to do things as the plot needs him to do it, to move it forward. And not necessarily that, okay, I've known this whole time that this character is able to con so good, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts in, in that? Well, like what I guess what do you mean like you con like he he had to learn how to do all those well, tricks. I, I that mean was, yeah, it wasn't that was something he learned. Cuz he wasn't a con man from the beginning. He just he just happened to stumble across the place and needed money. Yes. And then he just said, "Oh, that guy, what that guy's doing, I can do." Pretty much. And that's what happened. Well, he wanted to do. He wanted to learn how to do it. Yeah. I don't but know, he, I, I, he was smart in the sense that he he never. I think one thing. I think one thing throughout the film that we see is right off the get go, William Defoe offers him some alcohol, and he's like, "No, I don't drink." Yeah. Because his dad was an alcoholic. Because his dad was an alcoholic, and okay. he, I think too, he. I mean, obviously, from seeing that, he knew it like. Killed your senses. And... Yeah. So he's not, he wasn't stupid. Like he knew, Yeah. like I need to keep my but head But the movie straight. to me sets him more up as just a man on the run. I mean, he probably was. He killed his But, well. well. I mean, yeah, he obviously killed somebody right at the beginning. We don't know who. And then goes into this carnival, gets a job just chasing down crazy people. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Heavy lifting work. <laughs> and then just happens to go take a bath and finds his his lifelong career. It just all, it seemed too easy and we really didn't get a ton of depth to his character. I mean, I get later when Kate Blanchett's character comes in that you, you it backfeeds and we see what's going on in his life, but he's still able to do what the plot needed him to do when the plot needed him to do it. Mm -hmm. And to me, to me, that made the movie very predictable. Not only could I predict, and, and it, I like movies, I watch a lot of movies, so I can pick up on stories and, and things fairly easily. And you can tell me at what point you knew how the movie was going to end, if you knew the movie how the movie was going to end. Not only did I know how the movie was going to end, I could tell you borderline how scenes were going to end. Mm -hmm. That's how just straightforward, straight-laced, and flat it was to me. I'm just like, okay, here's that. Okay, there's that. Okay, there's that. Yep, that happened, that happened, that happened. And to me, it made the movie boring. So uh, what point did you call like the movie the way it was going to end? That he was going to circle back around. Yeah. I don't remember every detail of the movie. It was definitely before. I'm trying to give too many spoilers. Yeah. With the introduction of Kate Blanchett's character, which I would say is probably about midpoint of the movie. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I mine would have been shortly after that. I think when he first. Uh, I don't know if I should say, it. when he first took a drink. That was, that was later. Yes. That was, yeah. Yes. 
And the only tie in there is, okay. Spoilers from here on out, people. If you want to watch the movie, it's on HBO Max. Go watch it. Uh, but it's going to be difficult for us to continue talking about any of this without just saying details of the movie. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to watch it, if you're going to watch it, uh, go ahead and go check it out and then come back and listen to the rest of what we have to say. But with the introduction of Kate Blanchett's character, I knew that was going to lead to him drinking. I just knew that was going to lead to him drinking, which then was the next point of, Okay, as soon as he takes a drink, you know he's going to devolve even even faster into right uh, alcoholism or whatever. I I knew that was okay. I didn't know that was his dad that he was burying at the beginning of the movie in the house and then setting the house yeah. on fire. But it was obviously I I originally thought it was his wife. Um, he didn't have a wife. That wasn't the thing. Mm-hmm. But that was my my first thought. And it goes into him joining the the carnival. And he sees that everyone's just faking everything. And I guess you could just make the connection there. That he's like, okay, well, I can, I can fake it too. You know, mm-hmm. I have to create a new life for myself anyway because maybe people are looking for me. Maybe they aren't. I don't know how they couldn't be. Um, I guess he didn't necessarily kill his dad, though. He killed his dad. It was in his intention for his dad's life to end. But yeah. Because you find out later that he... He just opened the window. Mm-hmm. So he didn't smother his dad, gladiator style, Joaquin Phoenix style, you know? Yeah. But. I think, I forgot how to say this. I think, like, with, for me, what was interesting was that, so William Defoe is talking about how he gets the the geeks. The geeks, yeah. At that, at that dinner scene. Yeah. The two of them. How he gets them to come in and stuff and be lured in and they use alcohol and then opium mm-hmm. and then they get they can Bradley Cooper's hardcore against it like, yeah morally he's like yeah. this is wrong right and I think later we see that same thing go on with Kate Blanchett that's how she gets Bradley Cooper in but not with like alcohol and stuff she uses other uh her skill set her skill set mm-hmm. to get him lured in mm-hmm then okay now he wants to stay because she has all this uh she has all these ends with all these big yeah. people where he can make money yeah. so that's how she gets him in and we see that the correlation there well plus they tie that together with what um uh david Strathairn was saying to him when he tried to steal his book mm-hmm. that night where he tries to steal the book and he's like no and i don't remember the term he used for people who go crazy thinking they're actual magicians like you believe, yeah. you believe the, you sell the lie so much that you believe the lie too, and you think you are what you're, what you're telling everyone else you are. Which I thought was a really cool underlying story. That was the most interesting element, and you see that in his rise. Once he leaves with Rooney Mara's character, the two of them leave the, uh, the circus and go do their own thing. It quickly devolves into mad egotism from Bradley Cooper's character, mm-hmm. which I think was. A pretty harsh left turn. Um, I knew we know that's where that's going to lead, but it doesn't even show them like have one good magic show mm-hmm. before we get the magic, and then behind the scenes they're fighting and they don't like each other anymore. It's just like, man, how long of a gap was this, and why do you two hate each other all of a sudden? You know what I mean? I knew that's where it was going to go, but 
we got there real quick, you know. Yeah. And then they introduced Kate Blanchett's character. But I think it, in David Brathams, 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 Brathams character, he he knew like what was gonna happen because he did the same thing. Oh yeah, and that's why he was an alcoholic. Yeah. Again, there's just so many elements that I'm like, what? what is this movie doing? Did he kill him? Intentionally. I don't think so, no. The movie didn't tell us. I mean. Because there's the one scene where William Defoe is showing him the two cases mm-hmm. of the stuff that he makes. And he's like, this one's poison. Don't drink this one. This one's good. This is the one I sell to everybody. Drink this one. Why those two crates are sitting right next to each other makes no sense to me. Yeah. But they are. And then Bradley Cooper's character goes and gets him some more later. And you're like, okay, which crate does he pull from? You know, does he pull from the poison crate or does he pull from the other crate? I'm assuming he pulled from the poison crate because the guy ended up dead yeah. after a sip of it. Yeah. But they never tell us. And I'm just like, even when Kate Blanchett is doing the therapy session on it later, he doesn't come out and say, I did it. Mm-hmm. She says, you killed him, didn't you? And it, he doesn't respond to that. Oh, I thought she was talking about his father. I'm pretty sure she was talking about him because you're talking about a father figure. Because she was like, he was like a father to you. Okay. Yep. yep you're um, right. Another thing. The Coney, Coney, Tony Collette relationship. There was absolutely nothing there. There was the one scene at the very beginning, uh-huh. and she was just very forward with him, so forward. And then there's never, ever a hint in the rest of the movie that they were actually a thing. Like, I assumed that they were a thing whenever her husband left. Yeah. that they. Were, but it never, ever clarifies until a scene with him and Rooney Mara later, Bradley Cooper and Rooney Mara. She, he's like, let's run away together. And she goes, but what's? I don't remember the character's name. Yeah. Tony Collette going to think about this. He's like, who cares what she thinks? I'm like, why is this a thing? You've never once told us this was actually a thing. But apparently they they were, you know? And I'm just like... There might have been some stuff in the movie that maybe wasn't explained well. Stuff that probably they should have explained or just not had. But again, I assumed it. I guessed it. Yeah. But we just kept moving past it so quickly. You know, and it was on to the next thing and on to the next thing, which was just as predictable as the last thing. But I found it very bland, you know. Luckily, the world was vivid enough that you're like, I enjoy what I'm seeing. What they're doing is is fun to look at. Yeah. But the story as a whole is boring. I think it probably would have benefited from being like maybe a half hour shorter and yeah. cutting out some of the stuff. Uh and then he was obviously super perfect at mentalism mm-hmm. or tricking people into. I'm thinking about the what was he a senator, the mayor, the the judge. It was a judge. He was a judge. Yeah. And going in there and just lying and saying, "Hey, I'm talking to your son," and just saying everything the right way. Mm-hmm. The mom going mad and murdering both of them. Well, murder suicide. Yeah. To rejoin like. Thing of it is though, is there are people like people do that, like they can read, like they're really good at reading people, and they can, that like that's a thing. It's not like 
get that, but the movie to me never set up that he was that. He just went from not being that to being the best at it. You know, I was never given any hints early on or leads or setups that, hey, I think I'm, uh, you know, or whatever. And then the first time that he cons that cop at the carnival mm-hmm. when he's trying to run all them out. And he explains, oh, I saw this, so I said this, oh, I saw this, so I said this. And he said it all perfectly the very first time. Mm-hmm. And then he's just perfect at it from then on. I think the best scene of the movie is the one where uh, Richard Jenkins' character hooks him up to that lie detector test. Yeah. And he's freaking out until he starts bullcrapping his way into his mentalism stuff. Yeah. And his, his heart rate slows. and he's Because he's perfect at it. And the movie tells us he's perfect at it. You know what I mean? But we don't even get a backstory. And it, it could have been as simple as, to me, like him looking at an, a newspaper article. So he drops his father in that hole, lights it on fire. And then maybe he looks at an article that says he this guy was released from prison. This con artist was released from prison. And he throws that in there, too, trying to hide his old identity. Proving that he has a past in conning people. Mm-hmm. And not that he just happened upon this and is perfect at it. That's what I, it. It seems like a really big leap, to me. Okay. And a leap that is just like, okay, well, this wasn't a justified leap. It, we just went there, you know. I mean, he had to be good at it for the story to progress, though. Like, if you, I mean, I like, get that, but they didn't set to me. It's more the setup. Not we got the payoff of him being good at it. We just didn't get the setup that was like, here's this guy, who is good at this stuff. Mm-hmm. He walked into that room one time with uh, David Strathairn's character, and he's like, how do you do that? And he explains how he does it, and then he's perfect at it for the rest of the movie. That one scene when he's like, oh, we have a number system, and this is how we do this on stage. I'll teach you. Okay, he's like, hey, if you want me to teach you, I'll teach you. And Bradley Cooper's like, yeah, that'd be fun. We never once see a scene of him teaching him anything outside of the one where he's describing how they do their system. But that's it. Yeah. And then we circle back all the way to the end where he's got too big of a head and then he's trying to get out of it and he can't and now he's in with the wrong people and kills a couple people brutally which is another thing I'll give this movie that element it was like ooh ooh that was hard to watch yeah. and stuff but when it got to the end and it got to the climax I was just like okay I was more just waiting for it to be over at that point especially and again this was the worst when he hopped on that train and hid behind the chickens I was like I am going to detail explain to you how this movie is about to end as soon as that scene happened i was like yep i already know well i mean it was almost over at that point anyways i mean yeah and i had already guessed that's where it was going to end anyway but that was just like see that's what a final nail in the coffin see that's what i enjoyed about it though like i enjoyed like once it got to that point and you started seeing the stuff happening and you're like oh man okay he's you you see the little hints and stuff from stuff earlier in the film and you're like oh he's going to He's gonna be going this direction. This he's gonna end up as one of the geeks, you know. Yeah. But what's the payoff there? What's the takeaway from that? What do you mean? Like, what's the takeaway from this movie? Don't get a big ego. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean that's one, I guess. Uh, 
Don't what? drink alcohol. There's another one. That's a good one. Okay. Question I have for you. Okay. So he's running from the cops because he killed those guys. And then he becomes an alcoholic quickly. Again, mm-hmm. it just jumps straight from I had one drink, time an alcoholic, and I look like a bum. Um, even other bums don't want to share their liquor with him. Like he's, That's how far gone he is. Um, he sees a carnival, and he decides to go back. Mm-hmm. So just like... And this is the ambiguous stuff that I think is a little bit too vague. Just like we don't necessarily 100% know if he killed that guy intentionally or not. Obviously, we do. I do. I know that. I'm saying the movie didn't tell us that. Yeah. Do you think the end and who was it? Crap, what's his name? Oh, Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Yes. I was like, oh, another guy. Here's another guy, and I love him. Uh he started feeding him the lines. Yeah. And I was like, I, okay, we know exactly where this is going. Do you think that Bradley Cooper's character recognized that? Do you think he remembered back to the conversations he had with William Defoe about it? And he's, one, believing the lie and falling into the same trap that William Defoe traps so many alcoholics. Or two, he's accepting it and his next Con is to play the role of the geek. I think he's accepting it. Because he says, I was born for this. He does. So I think he's accepting where he is in life now, like what happened. And like and we don't really have a huge backstory on his father other than the fact that we know he was an alcoholic and obviously probably abusive. Yeah. Uh, and I think Bradley Cooper's character sees himself as his father and is like, no, this is what I, like, I was born to be this, like, this way. Yeah, I could see that. It could go either way, you know. You're probably right. But that's probably what Bradley Cooper would say if he was in here. Like, that's his, that's what was in his mind when he was acting out that scene. And I just, yeah, I just, I really did. I love that ending. I like it ended perfect. I love the, uh, I just love the callback to the whole thing. Like he came, he really came full circle. Like he got into the, uh, he became big, and then lost everything, and then just ended up getting back into the circus. And yeah, yeah, okay. I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy. You're not it. really selling it on me, selling me on it this time around. Uh, and after talking about it, and maybe I'm just super cynical, and maybe I'm not artsy enough. You know, maybe that's what it is. Even after talking about it, I would probably take it down to a two instead of a three, because I just don't think there was anything there, and I think the movie was rather boring. Honestly, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, and I I, I like some of the scenes too. It's like. When the, what's her name, killed their husband and then the murder-suicide, when that all happened, it's like, okay, this is what happens when you mess with people. Mess with people. Yeah. you. Yeah. Like, she was wholeheartedly convinced that yeah. my son, he talked to my son, and yeah. she Which is what they there. had set up. Yeah. And that's why when they said, hey, the judge wants to talk to you. 
and Rooney Mara's character, what was her name? I don't remember, but she was like, no, you need to go tell him the truth. You need to go tell him the truth. Because that was a part of the act. A part mm-hmm. of the act for those magicians was not only setting those people up, but then later going and talking to them and be like, look, this is what I'm good at. This is what I do. I, I'm not actually connected to anything or anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he went a step further, and it led to people's death. But even that didn't get paid off because... And I guess him dealing with the consequences of his actions is him becoming the geek. But that's that's it. You know what I mean? They killed themselves because of the things that he said. And then he killed the next two people that he tried to manipulate. Mm-hmm. And Which, I mean, that guy and, wasn't a good guy anyways. No, not by any means. But, I mean, that doesn't justify his actions. And the end of the movie is him... Not getting put in prison against his will, but accepting another role in mm-hmm. the carnival. Whether that role is a nice role or not a nice role, he accepted it. Like you said, he had a smile on his face, and he's like, I was born for this. Like, So as he never gets his comeuppance for all the bad stuff that he does, outside of losing his wife. Girlfriend. I don't know if they ever got married. Yeah, I don't Regardless. So. You know, so honestly, it's like, man, and maybe that's where it sits even worse for me. That's just like, I mean, I would beg. Okay, he would, he won at the end. I don't think he won. He won because he accepted that. He could have said, "No thanks, I don't want your job," and then walked out of that trailer with Tim Blake Nesson. He didn't have to take that job. He literally fell. He did have to. On what grounds? We're we're saying that he accepted it on his own free will. He accepted it, but that doesn't mean that he wanted that. That's not what he wanted. He accepted it because he's like, look, I did all this stuff and this is where I am. I'm going to accept that. He got, he only, the only reason he got to where he was and to where he's the geek now is because he lived the whole, his whole life. He lived, he, he went, he went to the carnival, got big, got a big ego and got cocky and lost everything. So we see him. We see him go up and then down. And now he has to he has to play that role so he can get his alcohol. I'm saying he doesn't have to though. He could have gone still back with the bums. But they weren't sharing with him. <laughs> he gave him his watch. He had nothing left. I, I would disagree with you. I would disagree. It it just doesn't I understand your logic and I agree with that logic, but at the same time, if you follow that to me, it doesn't justify where the char- character ended up. That he just chose his own fate. And he was okay with that. You know, that's like someone just living an awful life. And then instead of going before a judge and getting getting arrested, going for, before a judge and dealing with all that, he just walks into a cell and he's like, okay, here I am. Close it. Mm-hmm. And he's happy with that. That doesn't justify all the bad stuff that he's done to anyone. It doesn't just justify to the, anyone else, no, but I think that he's... I mean, the movie started with him killing his dad. Yeah. Regardless of how his dad treated him as a kid, nobody should go around killing their parents. Right. And then, at the end of the movie, just be like, just like my dad, hey, I was born for this role, give me my alcohol. Like, it just doesn't end in a spot where, to me, as the moviegoer, the viewer, where I'm like, okay... This feels like a, the conclusion that we should have gotten, you know. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't think you're wrong at all in, in, in your in your line of thinking either. Like I said, I, I, I agree with it. I understand it. You just I don't, don't enjoy agree having... with it. And I yeah, it it what it didn't make the movie going experience better for me. Yeah. You know. Because I mean not only and okay, here's another thing, and this is just an off the wall question. Did did Richard Jenkins' character do the things to Kate Blanchett's character? Because there's that point where she shows him her chest. Yes. Where he's all. We know that for a fact. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I don't know. No, I don't know if that. Yeah. I don't. The movie sets it up like it's linked. Yeah. But it never tells us it's linked. Well, because she Richard Jenkins' character was a patient of hers. Correct. And all he said there in the courtyard at the end was. I did a lot of bad things to women. I hurt women. Mm -hmm. And I was waiting for some specifics to be like, oh my goodness. Okay, that's the connection. And that's the connection that Bradley Cooper made. It is, because that's what fueled his anger. So then when he went and put his hands on on Rudy Mara's character, enough was enough for him at that point. Yeah. But he never said, like, I wanted him, and again, it's not pleasant stuff, but I wanted him to say specifically something that was going to give details that allowed Bradley Cooper's mind to flash back to the stuff that Kate Blanchett has showed him. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then be like, I understand and I'm with you now. I disagree with what you're doing, but he deserves it. And instead he was just like, I hurt women. I hurt, I hurt women. And then he literally beat him unrecognizably. So Kate Blanchett's character did not want Bradley Cooper to take that job. Yeah. Correct. I don't know if that I would think that if he did something to her, he would she would have been like, yes, let's rob this guy. That or she would have said, stay away from him because it left it so vague. Uh huh. And and I'm so torn because I also understand that like I like movies that don't tell me everything. Yeah. And that's okay. But there's so much of this was open-ended that I... I don't know. I'm torn because it's so open-ended but so obvious. Mm -hmm. Because everything you're saying, like, I knew. I knew. Just like Bradley Cooper knew in that scene, everything he was saying is connected to this situation we've already witnessed over here. But maybe it all just played out so perfectly in order, like I said, that it, it made for a less dramatic... Less dramatic tension. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I was waiting for. I didn't have any built-out tension to be like, oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. And that's what it is. I just spoke it I just spoke it into existence for myself because that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. It laid it out so perfectly that it, was, it wasn't able to, you know, take that pop and yeah. shake it yeah. to the point where you're like, it's going to explode. Any other thoughts? Because that's that's to me that's yeah. that's it in a nutshell, yeah. and that's why I dislike it. Okay, that makes sense. I would say I would say the only other thought I had is that I, I think maybe Kate Blanchett's character is just as bad of a person as Bradley Cooper's is, and she probably got in with some. Well, let's be honest; almost everybody's character in this movie is a bad person, outside of Rooney Rooney, Rooney Mara's character, yeah. who nobody else. I mean, Ron Perlman; he seemed like a pretty good guy. But I mean, like Tony Collette's character was cheating on her husband. 
he was manipulating her husband was manipulating people. William Defoe was literally enslaving people and putting babies in jars. And Kate Blanchett is manipulating people, and that other guy's hurting, hurting. None of them are good. Yeah. But what is happening that's getting us behind the protagonist, Bradley Cooper? You know, why do we root for him over all these other deplorable people? And he's just I really did root for him. There was a, I don't think there was any point in the film that I was like, he's the main character. Side. I mean, he's the one that we're following. Yeah. But I don't think so. We want to justify his actions. I never felt like I like I always felt like I think the whole film I was just like this guy's a dirtbag. He was. Yeah. I like I don't I, I'm, that's what I'm saying like I never I don't think I ever rooted for him. And I guess that would be I guess then that right there would be an issue with the film I would have is that just I just thought that now. Uh is that they didn't do a good enough job at making you like his character. That's what I'm saying. It was very detailless. Yeah. It just went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And whatever he needed in the next scene, he was able to just do. I would agree with you. There was no character development. His character didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Whether that be good or whether that be bad. You know, minus the drinking. And that was the only element that they added. Like, he went from not being a drinker to being a drinker. And even that felt unjustified because he was just like... Do you think the... Okay. Think about this way. Do you think the alcohol was his opium? That was the thing that got him addicted and staying. So what was like in and in, in initially before he became the geek and stuff, I'm not talking about that. Well, it was his ego that led him to drink. So his ego was his alcohol. That's what he wanted more. That's what kept him coming back and doing more is the money and his ego that he was getting. And then he started drinking and that's what that's what well, his yeah, downfall was. Because it got was. to the point where he could say Well, he, he explained earlier that he didn't want to drink. Because it dulled his senses. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be on top of his game as a con man yeah. at all times. Until the day when he conned the people so well and made so much money that he's like, I could drink and still be able to do it. Yeah, And that's when the shift happened into the degradation of his character, the degradation of what he was doing and why he was doing it. it none of it just, just, none of it felt justified to me. I think we hit a lot of different topics here. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that you went up in your, your grading or down, or were you still just at a four? You I went, think I'm staying at a four. I went down to a yeah. two. I mean, if we keep talking about it, I could probably get this down to a zero real yeah. quick. If we, I mean, if we added Bryce Dallas Howard, I would definitely <laughs> jump it up another notch, though. So. Golly. She could have probably have fit into this movie very well in one role or another. Yeah. But this is the type of movie you could have put anybody in there, and they're not really doing much. You know, William Defoe is just... Stealing drunks. Yeah. It's like Green Goblin before he uh, became Green Goblin. <laughs> yeah, that's what Harry was doing. Yeah. Not Harry. Norman. 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 It, this is Norman's grandfather. I mean, oh, gosh. His daddy. I don't know. Could it have been his father? It would have been his father. In the 40s? Yeah. 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 yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Because he's old. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. He's old. You know who was missing from this movie? Michael Caine. Yes. Yeah. I don't he, know where he would have fit. He, he was just missing from it. Oh, gosh. Bridge. No, not Michael Caine. Any other thoughts on this one? No, I think, I mean, yeah, I, I still get four stars. And Would you four. recommend it to people? I have recommended it. I, 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 
depending on the person. I mean, there there is some language in it. There's some a little bit of nudity, slight, slight. Uh, so you know, I would not a family movie by any means. Don't don't watch it with your five year old. Yeah, they're uh, not gonna get it anyway. No. Um. Yeah, I mean, depending on the person, I would recommend it. It reminds me a lot of Shape of Water. And, you know, that movie, you've never seen it. Yeah. That movie was bold and hit the headlines because of its content and everything that was in it. But a year later, no one was talking about it anymore. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, I think that's where a lot of his movies fall because he's phenomenal at what he does and his vision is there. But it's just like, eh, okay. You know, I'm not revisiting these movies. Yeah. They're not revisitable. Revisitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something revisitable. like that. Revisitable. They're just, not, they're just not. And it's just like, okay, I've seen it. Next. Yeah. Do you think P.T. Barnum would be upset at the way the carnival went? Because this is not P.T. Barnum's carnival. No, but he would probably be upset there wasn't more animal abuse. That's true. Were there any animals? I don't think there it was. It wasn't that animals. kind of carnival. No. Is a carnival and a circus? It was a freak show. Is that's true. Is a carnival and a circus two different things? Yes. Ooh. Yes, because a circus is typically under a tent. <laughs> um. Or inside of a building. There's three rings. Yes. There's a ring leader. One for the elven people. One oh, for gosh. man, and then one ring to yeah. rule them all. Yep. Uh. And then yeah, carnivals got like the games and stuff, but you still you still have the freaks at both. I mean, you got the weirdos at their circus that like the bearded lady and the uh, yeah, the short guy, and then the carnival you had like the contortionist and stuff. Yeah. You had the same stuff. Uh, I don't know. I think carnies are more apt to kidnap you and uh, <laughs> drug and you, put you into their show. Yeah, make you rip the head off a chicken. Probably. Um. Yeah, that's. That's all I got. I would rate this conversation at a four or a five, and the movie at yes, a two, a two. So you dropped it down a whole star. I dropped it down a whole star. I it just felt like, and I'm not even upset about it. It's one of those movies I'm not upset about. It's just like okay, I saw it, and it came. It, yeah, it yeah. was a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just never think about it ever again. After this is over, I'll never think about it again. So you're not angry that you watched it? No, no. it was just more indifferent. Yeah, gotcha. No other thoughts. No. How would you rate Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard's relationship, though, on screen? What would we rate that? I'm telling you, you know what? Out of five stars, I gotta get an eleven. Gosh. So you really went full, <laughs> full head into this. <laughs> Take that, Brangelina. Yeah, they got nothing. But okay. Well, if you have nothing else, no other thoughts. Nope. Um. Where can they find us? Yeah. If you want to leave us a review, head over to Apple Podcasts and uh, check us out there. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us a five-star review, two-star review. We don't care. Just uh, let us know. We do care. He's lying. Hey, reviews help. Not bad ones. They all help. Okay. Because bad ones let us know what we're doing wrong. So. Oh, that's so true. Look yeah. at you. Glass half full all uh, the time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can check us out on Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, check us out on YouTube. We've been putting content out on the uh, Book of Boba Fett. We get, just wrapped that up uh, last Wednesday. Which is about like this movie. Yeah. Ooh. You agree? No. No. Yes. No. He took it down a I star. I take it back. Double stamp.
Okay. Um, uh, what? And don't forget, I'm talking to you, not the people, but uh, we released our website for the podcast. Yes. Popcorn and Coffee, a movie podcast at WordPress.com. You can go on there and check out. We have all the episodes there. So if you don't have any sort of uh, streaming service to, to listen to the podcast and you don't have YouTube, you can always Google Google our, our website and go find it there. What do you think of that so far? The website. website? It looks good. Yeah, looks I good. thought it looked decent. We're start, starting up and stuff and getting it going. It's a work in progress yeah. for sure, so don't. There are some little bios of us on there, and uh, if you want to know what we look like, you know, we got our pictures up there. But uh, it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Nope. That's all I got. Me well, too. You, you all have a happy Valentine's Day. I mean, yes. Don't forget to buy the chocolates and the flowers. Yeah. Or don't. Yeah. Don't don't buy into Hallmark. Yeah. Hallmark doesn't make good movies. Can't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wait, there's that one with Candace Camp. Oh wait, no, I'm just kidding. That wasn't. Never mind. She's in all of them. Yeah, she's all. Her and Dean Kane. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.